0: In today's episode, I have the amazing Sarah Rose here with me, and we have such a really powerful conversation around conscious leadership, the sacred union of self, and really stepping into your power as a purpose-driven woman who is leading the way, living life, and creating it on her own terms. Sarah is a blazing the trail for ambitious, purpose-driven women and conscious leaders ready to step fully into their power and purpose as a sacred leader that they came here to be so that they can make a global impact with their gift. As a transformational coach, energy healer, intuitive channel, podcast host, and serial entrepreneur, Sarah is a growth and transformation catalyst to women that are coming into soul alignment both personally and professionally. We dive into a lot of things in this episode, and I love the topics that we touch on, and I even love even more, the way that Sarah breaks things down and goes into different concepts that she teaches, specifically around archetypes. I just like, I can't get enough of it. So I know that you too are going to get a lot out of this episode, probably learn some new things and be activated in one way or another. And I'm excited for that. So when you listen to the show, make sure that you tag me on Instagram at the spiritual boss, babe check out the show notes so that you know where to connect with Sarah after this interview. And if you're loving the podcast and getting a lot of value out of what I share on here and the guests that I bring on here, then please leave me some love by leaving a review on iTunes. So without further ado, let's welcome Sarah onto the show. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you on the show, and I can't wait for you to open up and share all of the gold that you are here to share. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I love that um, we both seem to have like a similar message, similar mission, helping coaches and healers. And I think it's so powerful and so needed, especially it, now it is. Like everyone's waking up even more than ever. And I'm curious, like what what led you to doing what you're doing now? Like what. You know have you always been on your spiritual journey like have you oh, like what's your entrepreneurial journey been like that led you to stepping into the leader that you now are and making the massive impact that you're making in the world
1: that's really interesting oh, i've been an entrepreneur my whole life, I think my first gig out of college was starting a virtual assistant company long before virtual assistant was a thing. Mm. My parents were always, you know, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So I've never had, I've never been inclined to like work for someone else. I've always started my own things. But it's been a transition, you know, following the spiritual breadcrumbs, not even necessarily knowing where they're going to lead, but being able to trust them. Um, and it's just been a natural progression. I, you know, my, my journey started through healing. My spiritual awakening started um, consciously, at least I realized I was on that path in 2013. But prior to that, there were several things that started to wake me up prior to that, all the way back to like 2008. But um, at 2013, things really started to hit the fan with my own healing journey. And literally my business started by following the nudge to start a blog and, and blogging about what I was passionate about, which was holistic healing and things like that. And, I didn't know who was reading it. I don't think anybody was. Maybe my mom. But all of a sudden, at one point, someone started popping up with some comments on my blog, and I was like, "Oh my god, someone's reading this! What's going mm-hmm. on?" Um, so it's just been a natural trans, you know, transition. Um, at one point, I opened up an organic, paraben-free, non-GMO spray tanning studio because I've always been into organic beauty and stuff like that. And it was a, it was definitely a, an intuitive nudge. I followed it. And I opened this thing up and it blew up overnight and I had a revolving door of women coming through. And I realized like the reason I started that was because as like spirit was showing me that I had this gift to be able to talk to women. It was sort of like, you know, everybody was opening up. They were coming to me because they wanted, they were coming to me. They were in a, in a phase of their life where they were, they were wanting to feel good about themselves. They were going through a transition. Some people were recovering from like skin cancer. Like there's all these reasons celebrating you know, engagements and doing all these things. And I just had this natural ability to, to communicate with them on a deeper level. And it almost turned into like a mini coaching kind of session where they would look to me for guidance. And it was like, that was very, I was like, I saw the deeper meaning behind that. And then shortly after that, that phase sort of didn't serve it anymore. And I, and I sold that. Um, but it was just one step after, you know, following the little spiritual breadcrumbs along the way. Wow. And
0: it sounds like you were very much like listening to your intuition along the way and you're following your heart and following your passion. You didn't always know like how it was going to look exactly.
1: Yes. And that was so key to be able to from the, you know, and that's one thing that I really, you know, that is one of my strong suits is really being able to follow the nudge and not necessarily know where it's gonna go, but the ego mind really wants to try to figure it out. Well, like, how is this gonna make sense? How can I make money off of this? Like what's gonna happen? Like trying to figure out, but in actuality, you really, I mean, it all comes together like when you you know in when you're looking back you can see how all the dots connected you know even Mm -hmm. I used to be really into commercial acting and going on auditions I used you know this and that now I realize it was just to get me more familiar with being on camera speaking sharing my truth Mm -hmm. you know things like that And so all of the little pieces start to come together but Hat, but never, you know, from a place of trying to figure it out like consciously necessarily. It's like mm-hmm. your purpose, sort of finds you. Yes, I
0: love that you said that. I literally have a freaking podcast episode titled that, titled that your purpose finds you by following your passions. It's mm-hmm. so it's it's so true. So when you're working with people, like helping them step into their purpose and um, follow what they're doing, like what is the how do you help people get through the the roadblock of wanting to have it all figured out or wanting to know all the steps? I get this question asked a lot. and <laughs> I'm curious like how you would go about that but like and I know for me too there was points where I would wonder like what the hell am I supposed to be doing? How does this all look? I have so many passions. and I don't really know what exactly to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I just had a talk chat about this with someone the other day. Um, So my experience is that we are multi-passionate, but Mm -hmm. your passion is different than your purpose. Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm very passionate about holistic health, I'm very passionate about clean eating, I'm very passionate about organic beauty, I'm very passionate about fitness, I'm very passionate about travel, you know, these kind of things. I could turn any one of those into a business, right? But I, I, think specifically, and I'm talking specifically to the spiritual teacher, healer, light worker, a mission-driven, purpose-driven woman. This is specifically that like came here, incarnated on this planet with a per, with this kind of mission in mind, like the a lot of times I see spiritual entrepreneurs get so um, confused on who they're here to serve or what their actual gift is because they're so caught up in their passions. Mm. And I did that myself. I I had to rebrand myself a few times thinking, oh, I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and this and that, when it was a layer, it was a piece, but it wasn't Your passions oftentimes are like the little legs that support your journey. They're like the pieces that make you interesting. They're the pieces that you are allowed to follow in your life because you deserve to have joy and fulfillment and obviously be multi-passionate. But it's different between a a passion and a purpose and your true gift even. Your true gift isn't necessarily your passion. Mm. How does one find their true gift? So your true gift, um, the process I walk a lot of people through is recognizing what you're innately good at, not necessarily something that you're passionate about, but here's a little, here's a little, um, a little hint. It's, um, you oftentimes something that you get shamed for, or that you feel shameful about in from your past. Mm. oftentimes the very thing that you're trying to avoid or you've been told was shame you've been shamed for is often one of your greatest strengths it can also be one of your biggest weaknesses so for example when I was doing my own sort of reverse engineering and coming into realization of what my true gifts were I recognized that it was the ability to use written and spoken word to inspire others to their greatness Mm totally different than my passions but when i look back at who i was before the world got a hold of me before everybody said i had to do x y and z and you have to be this and that kind of thing i literally called my sister one day and it's like who was i when i was six because she was really like paying you know watching us a lot when we were little and she said well, why do you ask i'm like i'm just curious and she said you know you were you were a go-getter you were always the one that was mm-hmm. like leading everybody wanted to know what you were doing they would look to you first and then want to know like what you're what you were choosing, but you were always fearless. You're always jumping in and you just thought like the world was just your oyster. You were just this, you know, like you're very influential kind of thing, even as a six year old. And mm. then my mom would tell me stories when I was like 10 or 12. This is sort of funny because I would get in trouble. I was a little rebellious. I have a little bit of that rebellious <laughs> archetype, right? And I remember getting in trouble um, and it was like something silly in high school or whatever. And I always neatly knew who i was at my core level you know what i mean like i knew and that's a little sidetrack so i don't want to go off too much on a tangent there no it's totally fine but when i was so as i started to grow up with knowing that you know i have this rebellious streak and i have this question, you know, questioning and wanting to lead and wanting to speak my truth and things like that. Um, I would get shamed for that. You know, I'd be called hard headed. I would be hard to work with. You know, I would mm-hmm. be, you know, bossy. I would be like this and that. Um so my opinionated self and you know, there's a shadow aspect of that where you can be over opinionated, over bossy, overly, you know, and you can use your influence for, you know, to misaligned influence right but in in actuality it's also one of my greatest strengths for what I'm doing now really truly stepping into my power and what I came here to do was to help lead people to help them see their purpose and their deeper meaning for their life and what they're truly here to do and this this um, ability to be able to help people do that is because of those characteristics i had before the world got a hold of me and told me that that was wrong mm-hmm. to be that way so for example you might be an empath listening to this and me, people might be telling you your whole life oh you're too sensitive Oh, you're too emotional or, oh you're too this and so the very thing that you end up trying to hide about yourself or that you get shamed for is actually not only it, it's one of your greatest strengths it's one of your gifts Mm -hmm. And so embracing that aspect of you is where you can really start to come into your purpose.
0: So beautiful. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, Because like the more you are connected to yourself and know who you are and own who you are, the more impactful whatever you do will be, in Mm -hmm. my opinion.
1: Yeah, your authentic self, Mm -hmm. right? Before all this stuff hits the fan and you're trying to... Make you know so you, you when you're more innocent, right? When you're more like who you genuinely are, but it's inconvenient to a lot of other people when when you're growing up, and so then it's it's you know shamed or looked down upon and things like that. If it's if it's inconvenient for someone, whether it's a teacher or an authority figure, then we start to look at those aspects of ourselves, those disowned aspects of ourselves, as if they're bad. And if mm-hmm. there's there as if there's something that we need to hide. When in actuality, when you bring them into alignment, especially with the highest and greatest good, when you're working with the spiritual law of intention then that allows you to truly step into your power, but recognize that everything has a shadow side, right? So a quote unquote, someone who's influential can also be influential with the, you know, with more malicious intent or be manipulative or be very self-serving versus service to others where it's all about, you know, pumping up the ego and ego dominant versus connecting with your soul's intention. Mm Mm-hmm. So everything has a shadow side and a light side, right? But Mm. it's about tapping back into that and getting back to the core of who you are. And then from there, allowing that gift to shine through. And Mm. it'll shine through in many different vehicles. Some of them may be things that you're passionate about, which is what you might be guided to help people with. But it's about bringing your natural, innate talents and gifts to the surface. Mm. And so
0: I'm imagining you do a lot of like healing and mindset stuff with your clients or in your programs to help people reconnect to the truth of who they are, essentially.
1: Yeah, there's energy clearings, but I work a lot with the archetypes. I'm obsessed with the archetypes. I Um, love archetype stuff. Can you explain that a little Yeah. um, So, for example, we're working right now with really tapping into the high priestess and really opening up to channeling and really honoring the truth and the wisdom that's coming through them, that's coming to them and through them, because one of the things I see that stops a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs is they get the downloads, they get the sparks of insight, they're starting to connect, but then Um, they're not following that process all the way through. So Mm. um, activating the the different archetypes. The other one I like to work with is the magician archetype, which is the one that really starts to work in tandem with the divine masculine energy, which is when you start to take action on the inspiration, especially through the fear, which probably every spiritual entrepreneur knows what I'm talking about. There's a point where it's like at one point your feet are held to the fire and you have to make a decision in, in faith and courage and step through with what I call sacred action. This is Mm. initiating that magician archetype. So working a lot with the magician archetype and balancing the masculine and feminine energies, the side that receives the guidance, but then also the side that takes action on the guidance. Mm -hmm. And then also opening to receive the results of that action, because there's a lot of times there's a block to the level of worthiness of what one is able to receive, whether that be money, clients, abundance, love, or whatever is flowing in. So sometimes it's more about, it's also about opening up and working with those, you know, that empress energy, the empress archetype, the one Mm -hmm. that knows her worth and is attracting on a very, you know, magnetic level, everything that she desires but not coming from that needy feminine energy, the one that is desperate for the client or desperate for the money or desperate for something because that's just going to initiate in that distorted masculine energy, which I Mm. see a lot of women get stuck in is that distorted masculine energy is the one that then starts taking action just for the sake of taking action, not taking action on the guidance, but taking action so they can check a box off or because they feel they need to, because they're fearful of what happens if they don't And then they get stuck in the distorted cycle of the Mm. feminine and masculine where they're just overwhelmed and burned out versus being in the flow and on fire, which are two totally separate, separate cycles.
0: Yeah. I love the way that you're breaking all of this down. I'm like loving it. Um, And it's, I see that a lot. And I've totally been there many times myself with the distortions of like that feeling of oh, I need to be doing something more or whatever. How do you help people flip that distortion from that needy energy to the, um, that, the, the empress energy of knowing her worth? And like for those listening also, are there certain things that people can do or think about to do
1: that? How do you switch from the needy feminine energy to more of owning your worth? Yeah, I think that's like the main thing that most people
0: um, that I work with or talk to struggle with is knowing their worth and standing in their power when it comes to creating the things that they, attracting the things that they want um, and growing their business. So I'm just curious, like how you go about helping people flip that narrative.
1: Yeah. So this is where I work with a lot of the fear-based archetypes, especially um the prostitute archetype which is the one that always sells herself short um, for validation or approval right so you have to really take ownership so bringing it to conscious awareness is the first step because otherwise they'll they'll be able to operate in the shadows forever because we all have these archetypes and they'll run on the background in autopilot and you won't recognize it so it's about shining a light on what that voice sounds like where it's playing out in your world and then taking full action you know so it's either like the prostitute archetype the victim archetype the child or um, God, what's the other one? I'll think of it. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, but it's really about taking ownership of that. So the shadow isn't something necessarily that gets healed, right? It's something that you work with. It's very similar to like when we talked about like the light and dark of your own gift. If you don't look at it, it can the ego will attach to it and use it for its own purpose, which is to keep you separate and to keep you in a state of, you know, thinking you're either better or worse than somebody else kind of thing, separation. Mm-hmm. So... It's coming into full ownership by recognizing all of the lies and the BS that's flying under your radar is the first step. So a lot of coming into the present moment, conscious awareness and working with those fear-based archetypes, becoming friends with those and really, you know, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a lengthy, it's, it, it's different for each archetype. Each one has a different kind of voice that flies under your radar and different mm-hmm. kind of tendency and different kind of pattern. Mm -hmm. right so but for for the one speaking about the empress that truly knows her worth the opposite of that would be for example the prostitute archetype and this would be the one that does not have firm boundaries doesn't have strong healthy boundaries so it's about step by step like recognizing where you you know for example if this was a spiritual entrepreneur you know where are you giving your energy away where you're not being compensated for it where are you giving away all these free services and you're afraid to charge and you're afraid to ask for money you know what i mean so it's about up leveling your boundaries and recognizing that your own worth and taking those incremental steps automatically up levels you energetically Mm. and then the universe starts to reflect back to you the result of you up leveling that energetically all of a sudden now you start to receive clients that want to pay you while you're on the phone and they don't question your price you know Mm -hmm. what I mean that's a direct reflection of you up leveling your own level of worth Mm. because working with the spiritual law of reflection a lot too I love working with all the spiritual laws which is reflecting back everything's reflecting back to you what's going on like your business consciousness is a reflection of your inner consciousness Mm, I love that the like like everything's a mirror Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. and you have to take that perspective and you have to look at it and it's not like you can't go down the victim mindset and be like oh what what was me why is this happening I'm just Mm -hmm. never gonna make it this and that no it's like this is the work Mm -hmm. This is the spiritual work, right? This is where our spiritual work comes in. So we're always on our own ascension journey, first and foremost. So Mm -hmm. even when we're building our outer purpose, I like to call it outer purpose, which is what what we are called to create in the world. First and foremost, our priority is our own ascension journey and our inner purpose. And when you Mm -hmm. make that the priority and you see everything else as a reflection of that, everything else will follow suit and reflect that back to you.
0: Mm -hmm. Your inner world can create your outer world for sure. Mm -hmm. So basically when someone has like stronger boundaries and raises their standards and stands firmly in that things start shifting out of that energy.
1: Yeah, like mm-hmm. magic. When you start to, with the, one of the first things you'll recognize when you start to set your boundaries of what you're available for energetically, you will first start to see everybody that's been trained to view you or perceive you a certain way because it's like almost like maybe you're like, I do believe you can make a quantum shift, but oftentimes you might still have some lingering beliefs and things in your energetic field that are still being triggered. So you mm-hmm. have to pay attention to what the triggers are um, in order to transcend it, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, everything will start to reflect back. And the first thing that you'll notice are people trying to test your boundaries and people, that's the first thing you'll notice, but then you'll break the mold. It's very much like I use a dating example, like you've probably experienced where you've dated a certain type of guy or a girl or whatever, whoever's listening to this over and over again. And then, you know, with similar patterns until you start to up level and take some level of ownership of your own worthiness back and stand in your power more by setting healthy boundaries and discerning what you're available for what you're not available for the next person that shows up will reflect that new level and you will have broken the mold Mm, i actually recently experienced that so i can totally resonate (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then you break the mold and you're like okay i just up leveled so it's like i remember when i was just going on like a revolving door of dates at one point just for information gathering because i was just curious on who was going to be sitting across from me and what they were going to be reflecting back to me and I was like, okay, I still got some work to do. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Like you literally did it to test that. <laughs> I really oh, didn't say that. I didn't say that, but I didn't say yeah. that, but I was on one date where I was like, you know, cause I was pretty closed off in my heart space. I knew I was attracting guys that didn't want commitments and that were like, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting across the table from this guy, um, on a, you know, one of these matchmaking dates or whatever, these (laughs) online dates. And he was like in his forties, no kids. I think he had a cat that he was, he was, so I think that he wanted to, he was probably willing to get rid of his cat because all he wanted to do was go live in Bali. (laughs) And I was just like, all I could see was the flashing red lights. Like this guy is totally running from commitment. He has Mm. zero ability to like, you know what I mean? He's just, you know, like opposite of like, exactly what I was looking for and it was like just Mm. big red red flashing flags that he was reflecting back to me my level of how much I was actually willing to attract love in at that moment Mm. so he was sitting there as an exact mirror for me of someone who's closed off never emotionally attached, never. And I'm not saying you have to be married to to have that. I'm just saying that he, from what he said and how the conversation flowed, it was very detached. It was very, you know, noncommittal. It was like the one animal that he had, he could easily just get rid of to go to <laughs> in Bali. And I was asked him a little bit about Bali and why he liked it. And so like all the pieces were fitting together. And I was like, okay. And I'm just, you know, I thanked him for his time or whatever, but it was just a mental note to me that I still had a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's like such a really good thing that you mentioned that because I think that we can all like really take that in and look at our outer reality and the experiences, the people in it, the things that are going on to
1: give us clues and cues to what's going on on the inside. Oh, yeah. Well, excuse me, it gets really interesting when you start to look at it that way and you start to make and you put your ascension journey on overdrive so if you're feeling if you're listening to this and you're feeling like stuck in a situation it's not something you're going to be able especially if you're on your spiritual path you're not going to be able to like logically or analytically like figure everything out and your 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 reality is going to reflect back to you exactly what you're already thinking so if you just look at your reality and you just and you just think that it's a confirmation of what's really true for you you're just you're going to be proven right you're going to be like yeah there's no available, I could have chosen to say there's no available men out there. Online dating sucks, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could have made up a million stories about that situation if I just wanted to look at it at face value. Like, oh, he's just,
0: yeah. you know what I mean?
1: And, uh, you know, if I just looked at that as face value, when you start to recognize that you're the common denominator in all of your experiences and you take ownership of that and you start to recognize that the spiritual law reflection is always reflecting back to you what it is that you need for your own soul growth then you put your ascension journey on overdrive so
0: are you saying that when like once you take ownership and take like full responsibility essentially that things can shift or or manifest more quickly
1: yes i experienced that in my own life like all the time now, as I, you know, because I've been on this journey a little long enough to where um, now things are manifesting very, very quickly because I'm getting out of my own way. Yeah. And I'm trusting and surrendering to the process more. So as you trust and surrender to the process, which is a key part in manifesting, things will pop up into your experience very quickly, especially as you step into your worth and you know what you're worthy. The universe has no other option. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just, you know, decide, it has no other option. I mean, I do believe that we go through spiritual cycles and material cycles, and that's sort of like another story. And we're always connected to even like the moon cycles and everything. So there's always a lot going on, but you always, 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 always have the ability to uh, react to your situation and form a story. And it's about what story and perception you choose at that moment. That's going to create your reality. Mm -hmm. Even when you're working with these other energies, you know, that can help facilitate stuff like full moons and things like that. Even when you're working with stuff like that, at the end of the day, you can make your journey as troublesome as much of a struggle bus you want to be on, Mm -hmm. you know, or you can choose the lighter path. You're still going to go through your journey. You're still going to have your lessons that your soul wants you to have. But I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason, but not everything has to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah and I, not everything in the world happens for a reason but we can give a reason to it in my mm-hmm. opinion <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but um so i like i love how like you're breaking everything down <laughs> like okay let's keep going <laughs> um i feel like it's really good like tangible like teachings and um loving it so when you take ownership and you are like okay this shit's showing up for me for a reason there's obviously something going on in within me that's creating this to show me this reflection then like what is it that you is it what is it that you do or that you have your clients do to actually integrate that shift
1: yeah this is where really taking action through the fear is really important important so for example back to the dating scenario if you're in a relationship with someone that you know is not reciprocating or this or that um, you actually have to step through that fear of being alone or that fear of lonely that fear of loss and all those things and take your power back and make a decision by taking action Mm. so this is where you have to take action on the knowingness. You have, you can't, it's, it's one thing to think about your boundaries. It's another thing to journal your boundaries. It's another thing to say that you're only energetically available for this. But when the rubber hits the road and you're faced with a decision to make, you have to choose yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you continuously choose yourself, other people will show up that also choose you.
0: I love that quote. <laughs> I should make that a quote. When you continue to choose yourself, other people will show up that choose you.
1: Yeah, and it's same with clients. So if there's a client, you know, like let's say you were working with a troublesome client or someone that you just didn't feel in alignment with, or let's say, I don't know, maybe it's like part of your booking system, like you're getting, a lot, you're taking a lot of discovery calls. I'm just painting the picture for like a spiritual coach. You're taking a lot of discovery calls, but you're taking all of them, even though like they're not answering your questionnaire very, you don't feel like they're in alignment and a fit and you're taking them. So now you're burning your energy out. But at the same time, you never thought that they were going to be a fit, but you're desperate for the client. So you're taking Mm -hmm. the calls anyways. This is an example of the prostitute archetype at play. And you would have to really start, you know, like taking action, be like, no, I'm not available for that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or not taking on a client that you don't feel in alignment with just because they're going to pay you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like say that no. And say no and choose yourself and be like, my alignment is more important than working with someone just for money.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I
1: mean? If you're getting the, if you're getting the vibe that it's not going to be a good fit for some reason and you, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's about at, at a certain point, you have to take action on what's coming through and your new boundary. And that's what the universe is gonna support you with because you're gonna start to see those boundaries tested as you Mm. up level.
0: Yes, and things will reflect that, those new boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times people feel like, oh, when I get to this level or when this happens, then I can feel like I can do that. And I always talk about like going there first. Like taking the action first, or um, being that version of yourself first, or um, setting the tone—just how you were you're describing, like setting the boundary, and
1: then things will reflect mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: so important. Yeah, acting as acting as the future self that you're stepping mm-hmm. into. So not, what? Yeah, taking that action in the present moment.
0: Yeah, not even acting as if like being
1: yeah. that version and um, like yeah, that's continuing. What I mean. yeah, that's- Yeah. That's what I meant. Like being that, like not acting as if like fake it till you make it kind of stuff. It's like actually like acting, like taking action from that point. Like, Oh yeah. Like what would, what would seven figure Sarah do if that's what I wanted? you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. in the present moment, taking an action on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like being that person now, like how would she walk? How would she talk? How would she eat? What would she do? How would she plan her day Mm -hmm. and doing it now?
0: Yeah. I think that's the key to everything <laughs> yeah. it's the practice it's literally like the practice it's what I teach a lot around and it's definitely something that requires a never-ending commitment to growth and expansion and like dismantling all the things that come up
1: mm-hmm. yeah I no, that's probably what will cause just the biggest quantum leap like the biggest jump forward is what being as if yeah being as if yeah
0: yeah it, it truly is. Can you give some examples from like when you've experienced that in your own life and business, like when you've made serious quantum leaps?
1: Um, well, just even just over this whole COVID situation where the quarantine was you know, um, hitting and everybody was sort of like, oh, what are we gonna do? And I was just like, ah, I'm just getting ready to launch my new program. I got the intuitive hits for this new Sacred Leader Academy kind of thing. And then it was like old Sarah, that used to that could easily go back. That you could drag me back to old Sarah, the one that was always like up and down with finances and causing cycles and blah blah. blah and spending money and then I'd like watching it go out and have it to be completely depleted before it came back in. So I could have bought into the old old Sarah. What would right now Sarah, you know, like the one that I'm stepping into the the you know helping leaders do, you know, like mm-hmm. helping spiritual leaders step into their power. What would she do? So I doubled down. I hired a high level mastermind person like, you know, immediately I invested in myself like someone that would do that, you know, from that mindset, from that being, from that acting place Mm -hmm. and listen to the fear that popped up, like the logical, you know, analytical brain, the ego Goic driven mind coming up and wanting to attach to the fears, like, well, maybe that's not smart. Maybe you should save some of your money. Who knows when you're what's gonna be going on now with this kind of mess going on, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the nudge was so strong, right? Because and I didn't, you know, the nudge was so strong. So I followed the nudge and actually had one of my most successful launches during COVID. Wow. Because just stepping into that power now and not buying into the fear and not acting from what would Sarah normally do? I do the exact opposite. Like what would old Sarah do? Do the opposite. What's the least, what's the least familiar thing to me that I can do right now that gets me the most out of my comfort bubble that I would normally, normally I would rationalize and then try to save or like play it. You know what I mean? Or like at least the old fear, you know, the old fear-based stories would come up. Mm -hmm. So I'd do the opposite was it challenging for you to
0: like stick through that and move through that? Or was it kind of like, just this decision that you made and you were like, nope, I'm doing this.
1: Yeah. I was like, nope, I'm doing this. I told spirit. I was like, okay, let's just do this. I'm doubling down. I'm I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I've been there, done that in the past. Send I me mean, my next spiritual mentor is someone that can hold me accountable or whatever I need for this next moment. Two days later, he pops up. I hired him on the call. Wow. The moment I took the the moment I paid, it was like instant liberation, which is always the way it is. When you step through that fear, it's a freeing moment. There was no second guessing. Wow. But I could see the hesitancy, you know, like when you has start to hesitate and then, the, and then the doubts start to crop, you mm-hmm. know, come up. And then you're like, oh, and then you're like, logically, does this make sense with everything that's happening in the world? And the, my intuition was saying yes. And I followed the intuition.
0: Mm, I love that. So when you're doing like, when you said you had your most successful launch during COVID, when you are doing your launches and launching your programs do you also like allow your intuition to lead you through that
1: yeah I don't really um really vibe with like the traditional launch formula it sort of stresses me out so I always have like an open rolling enrollment and I always leave it up to you know very much fluid organic um always allowing into, I even build out my program that way. That's part of like what I'm helping others do is like, it's all through soul, soul alignment from start to finish, organic, flexible, build as you go. I mean, you know, making sales before the product was even created, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I, I, inception and then taking it to market like 48 hours later. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So very fluid, very organic. I can change the program. I'm in the middle of the first launch now with amazing women and I can change it as I go if I get an intuitive download I just change it as I go you know Mm. what I'm saying so it's always about following the intuitive guidance it's very less constrictive I find it Um, less of that constrictive like overly constrictive masculine energy and really opening up and activating that high priestess energy and allowing that to guide me the entire way oh
0: that's that's beautiful and so when you say open enrollment you mean like people can join any time it's
1: like always kind of an ongoing thing Mm -hmm. is like a mastermind type thing this one this is um yeah it's like a it's a group coaching program um and it has open enrollment but they have three months there's like some parts of it that are evergreen that they'll have access Mm. to forever so it's sort of a hybrid model but then their actual group coaching calls which are mastermind style um are three months beautiful that's, it sounds really impactful. Do you have any
0: tips on like how people can really tap into that intuitive nudge for themselves? Like when it comes to their business and like what they, cause I have a lot of people ask this too. And I talk about this too, but I just love hearing it from other people. Like a lot of people get stuck in, like, what should I be saying? How many times should I be showing up? Like, you know, they get stuck in the how Uh, and I love that you are a really great example as well of like, just following your intuition. Obviously you have your aligned strategy that you're doing, but you know, if you can share maybe some, some stuff around following your intuition, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So like around like putting out content and stuff like that, how and when and all that. Yeah. Or just like
0: that or how you allow your intuition to guide you in your business, how other people can tap into their intuition, guiding them more in their business and their message with their message.
1: Yeah. With their message. So, um, this is a key part of what I teach as well. So I love this question. Um, I teach on what I call like multi-dimensional marketing Mm. to really magnetize your message online. So, um, there's a whole, Part about really getting to the core of who you're here to serve and owning your gift and getting out of all those fear-based archetypes and all the work around that and really coming up with you know really owning your branding stories and your own transformation, which I hear, which I see a lot of women have problems really owning their own transformation and really feeling worthy enough to even start their business to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say we get past that point, then it's time to really start to share authentically and vulnerably online. And I always use the most organic, most soul lined intuitively driven process. So um, for example, I teach on in the moment marketing, in the moment marketing as much as possible, which really activates the magician archetype. So it's like where the high priestess and the magician get sort of married, right? Mm. So it's like you get the download So instead of getting the download and then going grocery shopping or (laughs) washing your car or Netflixing, you know, watching a Netflix movie when you get the download, it's really honoring the divine. So it's opening up to channeling and really honoring the download in the moment, whether it's recording it going live or whether it's pre-recording it, but really helping women share the intuition that's coming through in the moment. Um, so I'll like be cooking with no, you know. So I don't have a pre-planned uh, thing for my content. I don't have it on autopilot. I might just be cooking, and then all of a sudden get a download, and I'll go on my iPhone and I'll I'll record it, and then I'll put it out there. And that's the one nice. that people will say wow, I feel like you're talking to my soul. Mm -hmm. It's because I am. I'm using like 5D communication, right? I'm allowing spirit to use me and I'm tapping into that guidance. I'm trusting and I'm 100% committed on the path of the high priestess to be this channel, to be this vessel. Mm -hmm. And when inspiration strikes like that, it's my job and duty to help capture the energetic frequency of that. Here's what happens. A lot of women will get that download. They'll second guess it. They won't share it because it gets them out of their comfort zone. So all of the imposter syndrome stuff starts to come up or maybe they'll go Google it and then they'll try to like reframe it and polish it up or they'll compare it to what some other influencer or something is posting. And the energetic charge of that is completely diluted at that point. Mm. And they want, or they'll put it in a list of, in their journal and they'll never go back to it. And the energetic frequency is, is diluted and it's gone you might be able to revive it if you get back into the flow and like something is inspiring you and you can go back and, you know, activate that again. But when you act in the moment on the intuitive guidance, it's, it's sort of like a magical process where it's like, like spirit knows, like you're lit up, you're ready, you're in service. And what you put out there is exactly the reason it's coming through is it's because someone else needs to hear it and you Mm -hmm. need to fully trust your path and trust, what's guiding you trust your intuition trust yourself trust the universe trust whatever and make sure that you know you really have to have trust it's all about trust and an unwavering commitment to be of that divine service and when that is your intention and you're working from that highest intention this is where your your um, content becomes magnetic
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so this is a multi-dimensional marketing process i call there within under that umbrella there's a four-step yin-yang creation cycle which is honoring the feminine and masculine energy the feminine that receives it the masculine that takes energy and also celebrating what comes in right being open to receive what comes in the clients the discovery calls and everything that's a result of that so you're not blocking it Mm -hmm. activating the high priestess and activating the magician taking action on stuff which then works in tandem with that masculine energy that then delivers. So it's, uh, I'm just obsessed with working with the archetypes. No, I love how you you explain all of it and break it down. Yeah. It's like a science. It's like a process. And it's like, wow. When this started to download to me, I was like, wow. Like I could, it, I could apply this to my dating life. I could apply this <laughs> to my marketing strategy. It's like the same process, like really owning your worth, mm-hmm. stepping into that Empress energy Allowing the downloads to come through, activating that high priestess, allowing, you know, the masculine to come in and really take action on your desires, not mm-hmm. you taking it not, not letting the distorted masculine just run amok over here, just doing stuff to keep you busy or to feel like, you know, you gotta do it, or if not, something bad's gonna happen. Like it's usually trying to fill a void at that point for something that for the needy feminine if the the feminine energy is not in her divine feminine energy and allowing that cycle to be rinse and repeat Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then it's like that's when you're like I desire, and this is something, you know, like you, you really getting clear on what you desire, even the client that you want to show up, you know, I'll rehearse, I'll, I'll say that out loud who I'm available for. I'm available for women that want to work with me. They can't wait to work with me. They can't wait to sign up. They are so enthusiastic. They pay they they pay in full, they do the work, they get amazing results, they can't wait to share their testimonials that I get to share. Like I am painting the picture of what I'm mm-hmm. so in the vibe and the element and like the vibration and frequency of who I'm calling in, that I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, that's everything. I'm, and that's all I'm available for when you work yourself into that vibration and that's what you're available for, but it is done. It's done. You have to know that it's done and recognize when the fear voice pops up and tries to deter you from that knowingness. Mm, That
0: is truly the key. I love that. I, I do stuff like that too, like say stuff in the mirror and I'm just going like these tangents of like, pumping myself up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the tangents are so powerful. I love vocalizing them and speaking them into Mm -hmm. existence and really getting into the energy of it and say, of course they want to work with me. I know what I'm in line with. I'm in line with, you know, I'm in divine Mm -hmm. service. I'm being guided. I understand Mm -hmm. that this is of high value. They're going to love to pay me. They're going to love to do the work. They're going to get the results. It's going to be, you know, amazing. The women are going to be someone that I work with, I just can't wait to work with them. You know what I mean, like I get into the energy, it's like, I I feel what they're like to work with it. And it's like, I get so excited to work with them. And they find me in all of these different ways. They pop into my DMs. They've been following me for a while. They find me unexpectedly. They, they message me when I'm sleeping. Like, you know, I'll get pretty specific. That's and- so cool. So you basically drop the
0: attachment of the out- to the outcome too. You drop the how they're gonna come in. You don't, you don't like you drop the how of how you're gonna receive these clients. Mm -hmm. and you just stay in the energy of it. Obviously, I know you take action and you do things, but for the most part, it sounds like the most important thing is staying in the energy of it, of knowing it's already done and letting go of how these people come to you.
1: Yeah, letting it go and staying in the energy of it, knowing that it's done, like a Mm -hmm. full trust. Like you are, you know, you have, how could it not be? You're following divine guidance. Mm -hmm. It always goes back to that connection. Yeah how could it not be your connection to spirit is everything yeah and so if you're allowing that to guide you you cannot fail Mm -hmm. like even if you do fail it's just a lesson but that's not the point you know what i mean like if you're allowing spirit to guide you there needs to be like like a a coming into an unwavering trust and faith and knowing that this is done Mm -hmm. it's done and having that conversation with yourself out loud to the point where it settles in your being and you are grounded in that knowingness.
0: Mm-hmm. And what, when fear does pop up, when that distortion does pop up, what do you do? Like, what do you, what
1: do you just say oh hey there how's it going yeah that's I'll interesting to, yeah i'll give a voice to it oh that's interesting i heard that mm-hmm. before yeah i'm not buying that right now i'll let it i'll be and then i'll discredit the, the lies i'm like that's actually not really true that's actually not really true that's actually not really true so when i have some of the fears that would pop up from before when i was always going yo-yo up and down with my finances it'd be like that's actually impossible sarah you're a totally different energetic frequency than you were 10 years ago it's energetically impossible Mm. for me to go back to what it was 10 years ago. It's energetically not possible. It's just the fear popping up, and I'll and I will discredit the, sh- I will discredit it as soon as it starts to pop up because super. This is why meditation and self reflection is so key, so you can recognize that voice. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you shine a light on that voice and you can give it a voice, but you have to recognize everything it's saying is BS. If it's disempowering you, everything yeah. it's saying is BS. But give it the voice. It's just there to protect you. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to keep you from all of the fears that are popping up that aren't true, like you're going to look stupid, you're going to fail, everybody's going to make fun of you, you're not going to, you know, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. Like the fears before someone shares their truth online or goes and hits record on a Facebook Live or something like that, all the fears will come up. You just got to call it out and be like, actually, that's not actually even really true. Mm
0: -hmm. There's a
1: million examples I can find in the world to discredit these kind of examples, you know, that the fear mind will pop up.
0: What, what's the difference between, um, what do you feel is like the difference between that fear voice and like beliefs, limiting beliefs that you need to work through or things that you might need to like heal or process?
1: The beliefs usually are, in my experience, um, a result of sometimes a more core wounding, Mm -hmm. like that always boils down to some kind of condition of worthiness that then forms our perceptions and our, our perceptions and our belief systems and stuff like that. So if you recognize that you have a desire and there is a disconnect between where you're at and what your desire is, there's a belief system running under your radar that's keeping you from that. Like, mm-hmm. And that can oftentimes be traced back to maybe like a core wound where you at some point, very innocently, you were you were it doesn't even have to be a major traumatic event like trauma but it could be but it doesn't have to be where at some point you learned that you weren't worthy enough it's a condition of worthiness thing it could be very very simple mm-hmm. you know um i have like a million things that would pop up as like a little memory when i was in kindergarten on a playground that i traced back to a belief system that i've been holding for 30 years whoa what was that um uh one when I was five years old, I have a memory of going onto the playground, and there was like this slide, and I was going up the slide, and I came down the slide, and I was like third grade. Play- I'm sure it was just kindergarten through third grade, probably, but all I remember is coming down the slide, and I was covered in trash. Whoa! Like food, trash, like some third grader at some point decided to play a prank and I was the one that got it. And I was a little kindergartner Mm. and I was going down and I came out completely inconsolable. I know my parents had to come pick me up. I remember, I barely remember that, but they just said you were inconsolable. The principal Mm. called We had to take you home. And that memory stuck with me for like 30 years. And for a long time, like I thought that I was, you know, like trash. You know what I mean? Like, literally, like, that belief system was, like, I'm not I, – all I could remember is, like, the entire playground laughing at me. Wow. Like, humili- so feeling humiliated. Humiliated, afraid to stick my – afraid mm. to stand. You know, everybody's going to make fun of me. Everybody's going to laugh at me. I feel like I'm worthless. You know, like, all of these things. Like, that – memory. when I started to do some of my inner healing work, that memory would pop up. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I've been holding on to this, like – a uh, very traumatic event to me as a five-year-old or four-year-old or however long it was, and like, which hindered me from really wanting to share and be stick my you know stick my neck out and things like that. So because everybody's gonna laugh at me, everybody's gonna think I'm stupid, I'm gonna look foolish, you know, mm. like all of these things. You're so impressionable under the age of eight. Like Bruce Lipton talks about how you're so you're like a your your brain's in like a theta brainwave state, and everything that happens, it's like almost like directly downloaded. As a subconscious pattern, so I mean it, that's more psychology than it is spiritualism. But I do believe that like there's, I've always worked on different aspects of my being in order to of, in order to get to where I am now. And mm-hmm. that memory was popping up for a reason. So I discredited it. Wow,
0: such powerful stuff like that. The, that just doing some simple things and expanding your awareness can shift so many things within you and without.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, it's powerful. I just love the journey.
0: Yeah. It's so <laughs> fat. It's so fascinating too, because you c- you learn so much about yourself throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. Like all of it. Mm-hmm. So good. I feel like I could talk to you forever. It's <laughs> the times from flying by. It's already like almost an hour. <laughs> But um, I f- thank you so much, Sarah, for like sharing all of this and like given the breakdown of like the stuff that you're teaching with the archetypes and stuff. I think it's so cool um, the way that you explained everything and the work that you're doing is so powerful and so needed. Um, and I just I'm so grateful that we got to connect and i got to have you on the show i am too thank you this is fun yeah is there any like last message or last things that you want to share also please let people know where to follow you as well that'll be in the show notes but i like to just have you share it too
1: yeah um well if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out you know you're feeling the call to move forward with something that your soul is calling you to move forward with. Like just know that that nudge doesn't go away. And, Um, just to explore the nudges, like try to release the outcome, release the control around it and just bring yourself into the present moment and just follow the nudge and initiate that spiritual law of request and ask and say, show me, show me my next step. Show me I'm willing to, I'm willing to take action. I'm willing to perceive things differently. I'm willing, you know, make yourself willing. And and that's like, the best way to initiate the spiritual love request, when you ask for that, when you ask from that level of intention, um, you'll always receive an answer and then just mm-hmm. pay attention to what shows up and it's going to guide you. You'll get the hit. You'll get the intuitive download. You'll overhear the right conversation. You'll land on the right podcast episode. You'll talk to the right person at the grocery store. All of the things start to come into play when you are willing and available to allow to, allow yourself to be led, allow mm-hmm. yourself to be led and release the control. Oh, that I would love be like my little takeaway. I literally would. <laughs> I love the takeaway. Can the reason. leader? Can the leader allow themselves to be led?
0: Because
1: mm. really, that's what they're stepping into, right? Like this big wave of this collective, this waking up now, moving into more of their purpose. It's you are leading by your own example, and it's about like opening up to be led at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> and- My
0: website,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah-Rose.net is my website. And that's where that links to the podcast um, and my programs and my Instagram. But I'm spiritual CEO on Instagram. So that's where I I know most. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Thank you so much. I'm going to have those links in the show
0: notes, as I mentioned. Um, definitely for those of you listening, make sure that you connect with Sarah, go to her website, check out all the things that she's doing, sharing, offering. Obviously, as you can tell, if you listen to this episode, she's amazing and is doing really powerful work. And um, I hope this episode truly inspired you and motivated you and, and activated you. And thank you again, Sarah, for sharing all of this and showing up. This was amazing.